This is the City Planning Commission to consider repealing the zoning ordinance of the City of Norfolk 1992 <coughs> as amended and to adopt the zoning ordinance of the City of Norfolk 2018. It takes us a while to get from one to the other. Um, and I believe Jeremy is going to give us an opening statement before we go to the speaker. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, got a quick presentation just to highlight where we are and how we got here. Just for the sake of the audience, how everyone understands um, how we got here. So um, we're here to talk about the zoning ordinance rewrite. For just some background, we have uh, been working on this now um, for over three years. We started in the summer of 2014. Um, and this is our, we started a comprehensive rewrite of the zoning ordinance. This is our first rewrite, um, comprehensive rewrite since 1992. Um, so it's about 20, the current one's about 25 years old. Um, and we felt it was time to, to get the process started again. Um, so in that three plus years, we have, um, we've had quite an extensive process to get to where we are. We've had over a hundred um, meetings that were open to the public, meetings or discussions that were open to the public. Um, through this process. That includes three city council meetings. 41 times we have talked to your body um, about this zoning ordinance over the last three years. We had an advisory committee that met eight times uh, over the last three years. Um, and we've met with numerous stakeholder um, and neighborhood groups, including a number of civic leagues, a number of advocacy groups, um, Tidewater Builders Association. We, we had an ongoing discussion with, we've had some ongoing discussions with um, Wetlands Watch and Elizabeth River Project. Uh, we've had quite, a, quite an extensive uh, list of discussions over the last three years on this. Just wanted to go through the process just to catch everyone up, <coughs> make sure we, um, we understand where we've been. Um, our overall process is, is here. I'm gonna go through these individually, um, just so you can see. We kicked off in September of, um, in, in September officially in September of 2014. Uh, and then here we are today. So we started in, in September of 2014. Um, we started by hiring a, a, a consulting team. Uh, they came to Norfolk to initially evaluate the city and evaluate our current zoning rules, our current comprehensive plan, um, and get a sense of where we are today and where we needed to go. Um, we had a, a pro project kickoff process in September of 2014. Um, and we had some fairly substantial public input at that stage to try and help determine where we, where we were and where we needed to be, including some stakeholder meetings. Uh, we formed our advisory committee at this stage um, and began meeting at that point. Um, we had a number of documents available for, for public, and then we um, held a public kickoff meeting. Uh, this one was at, if, for those of you who participated, was at Norview, at Norview Community Center. We had 50 or 60 people at that meeting. Um, when we kicked off the process. The first deliverable um, from the process was our zoning ordinance, ordinance assessment document. And this is the result of the consultant's research um, and analysis of our current zoning and on our direction as we, as they thought, as they thought we thought we needed to go. Um, it recommended the zoning ordinance assessment also recommended the initial direction for the new ordinance. Um, we had, again, substantial public input, including Planning Commission City Council meetings. Um, we met with the Advisory Committee a couple of times during this process to go through the process, um, the recommendations, and um, 
we had another public meeting. This one was at Chrysler Museum, for those who recall. Um, and we had another a small but small but decent crowd. I believe it was about 20 or 30 people at that <coughs> meeting. Following the completion of the assessment, we dove into drafting. Um, and we spent pretty much all of 2015 and 2016 writing a new zoning ordinance. Our consultants did a lot of the work. Staff did a lot of the work. Planning Commission did a lot of the work. If you recall, we broke it up into three pieces. Um, the consultants called them modules. Um, the, we reviewed first um, in September 15. We reviewed some administrative issues. Um, then the in in into the early 2016, we reviewed some new zoning districts, and then uh, more recently, we reviewed all the development standards. Um, I, we did not conduct any major public meetings during this time because it was a very technical construct. So most of our input was from the advisory committee and extensive meetings with with your group with the planning commission throughout this process so then that landed us this last spring with a public review draft um, and so once we had gone through drafting of the three different modules of the three pieces of the zoning ordinance we came up with a after a number of revisions and testing uh, um, of the ordinance we had a complete public review draft we took that to the public for some extensive public input. Again, we went to city council. Again, obviously we were working with planning commission throughout that time and the advisory committee throughout that time. But then we took out, um, took the document out to the public. We had uh, four community meetings uh, in May and June of this year, and then a fifth one um, to specifically look at ocean view specific uh, issues um, in July. So all in all, we, we met with, it was, about 150 people during that process um, and so some some fairly substantial public input that resulted in quite a quite a decent amount of revisions um, from that point that resulted in what we're looking at tonight a public hearing draft of the ordinance so through the summer based on some of the the comments and the staff reviews we, we made a number of edits to the document um, and published uh, in September a public hearing draft um, again, more public input. We worked with you all. Um, you recall several long meetings going through uh, details of the ordinance. Um, draft has obviously been made available to the public. Um, and there's been pretty extensive public outreach again. Um, in fact, probably the most extensive outreach at this point. We, we mailed notification to every property owner in the city um, to notify them of the public hearings. Um, we held two open houses. We had office hours in different locations throughout the city um, and on-site, off-site, um, email, input, everything. We have, in the last month, talked to more than 1,200 uh, people specifically about what it means to them and generally about what the new zoning ordinance might mean um, to the city. So that has resulted in a public hearing draft we're here for tonight. Just to reiterate, um, we've talked about this quite a bit. There are um, eight themes that we feel that this draft is uh, responding to and that we feel that we have um, accomplished our goal if we can say that we have accomplished these themes and we feel that we've done so. Um, and just um, not gonna walk through the ordinance because it's 800 pages and we don't have that time tonight, um, but there are nine articles in the ordinance. Um, and, and they're up here. I'm not going to even, even read them off for you, but we'll leave this up here if we do need to, to specifically point to something. But it's quite an extensive ordinance. We're, we're pretty satisfied with, with where it lands, but we know we still have a, a ways to go um, between now and, and when we're finished. So that's what I have.
Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. We'll get into uh, comments from uh, those of you who are here now. Can we begin with uh, those in favor of this ordinance? Mr. Ross Weaver. Hi there. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm Ross Weaver. I live at uh, 1006 Manio Street. Um, I also work with Wetlands Watch, a nonprofit based in Norfolk. So I'd like to voice my support for the zoning ordinance. Um, I've been involved with this process for the past couple of years. I was on the advisory committee, so I was able to attend those meetings and um, also part of the Vision 2100 process and went to a few of the city's open houses. Um, so I can speak firsthand to the extensive outreach that the city's done to really get a lot of stakeholder input and really talk to a lot of um, a diverse group of stakeholders about the various needs of the community. Um, it's a really difficult balancing act to meet all of the needs of one community in, in one zoning ordinance, but I think that this does a really great job of increasing a lot of flexibility to making more resiliency standards. Um, I uh, really support the resilient quotient that's been, uh, been established for my job. Uh, some of the work I do, I research um, different ways that the the region kind of focuses on adaptation actions, and um, I think this is really one of the more innovative things I've seen. Um, I think there's a lot of flexibility while at the same time kind of establishing a baseline standard that ensures new development and that redevelopment will be prepared for future flood conditions, uh, increased inundation, things of that nature. Um, so I just want to you know, congratulate the city on this, this excellent process. I know it's been three years, and it's a really serious, uh, a really serious commitment and a really ambitious goal of stating that you want the, the biggest, most resilient ordinance in the country. So really encourage that. Um, I think the coastal resilience overlay does a great job of increasing standards where they're most needed, um, higher first floor elevations and things of that nature. I think the upland resilience overlay also does a great job of encouraging development in high, light, high elevation areas. Um, and again, I just wanted to touch on how I think extensive the, the public outreach was in this entire process. I think the city's just done a great job um, making sure a lot of people's voices have been heard. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Mr. Thomas E. Harris. Thomas E. Harris. I'm sorry. I knew I saw you, sir. <laughs> thought I saw you sitting out there. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well, Mr. Harris. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. My name is uh, Thomas Harris. I'm the president of the Lambeth Point Civil League, and I reside at 1231 West 27th Street. I'm for this uh, change and rezoning of the orders you have because I believe that all new dwellers should be, for single families, should be on the same accord with a front porch. Front windows, doors, and the garage to the back. I just looked at a recent look at one to go up beside me with a crawl space. With no crawl space, brother. A crawl space is more is more important to have when you're building a new home in case of breakdowns of the piping and everything. And the, when the rain, the water runs off the house. This house the next door to me has a, a ditch. Down in there with the trench cut down. When, and the guy has nowhere to go because there's no pipe out to the street. But I believe that all houses should be built on the same structure and the same 
be the same. If you look at 27th Street in Ann Arbor's Point, back in the 90s, most of the houses were built. It was the same in the 1200 blocks, or just a lot, with the garage to the side, to the back. That's where I think it should be. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Harris. Annette Williams? Your pass? Uh, Mr. William Stiles. Good evening. I'm William Stiles. I live at 1121 Graydon Avenue in Norfolk. I'm also executive director of Wetlands Watch, as uh, my colleague Ross indicated. We've been involved with this from the first. We also have been um, looking at every locality in Tidewater, Virginia, east of I-95, uh, to assess their um, ability to deal with um, the sea level rise that we've been, we have had and we will be seeing. And I've got to say that, that this uh, ordinance is one of the most innovative things in the state. Um, as, as, um, as it began to develop, we also looked around the rest of the country to the rest of the coastal areas. And it is probably one of the most innovative approaches that we've seen anywhere. New Orleans, Houston, Miami, you name a city. This is probably the most innovative thing that I've seen. Um, now, what we're doing is we're, you know, I, every 25 years, I guess we should, we should update the ordinance. Uh, we're taking last century's ordinance and bringing it up. But, um, and I know it's been updated a lot of times in between. But I think you've also got to think about what's the future. We're laying the foundation for maybe 25 years into the future. And you've got to look ahead and figure what's electric generation going to look like? What is household um, electric use and generation going to look like? What are stormwater regs going to look like in 25 years? More importantly, what is sea level rise going to look like in 25 years? The Navy right now is looking at two feet of sea level rise by mid-century. Um, so this ordinance lays the foundation for a lot of change that's coming our way, and I think it prepares Norfolk to be a leader nationally in addressing a number of these issues. Um, you know, and, and it, the op, as, Ross, as Ross Weaver said, the options allowed in here allow flexibility. Um, I don't think that the, the, um, the, coast, the coastal resilience overlay is that onerous. I think it's really something that we need to be doing in this city. I walked around my house this evening, and I've already got three points as a, as a, 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 residence, a residence in Norfolk, so it is not that difficult. But it will, I think, prepare Norfolk to lead Virginia into the next century. So we're strongly in support of this. I'm strongly in support of this, and I commend um, this panel and the staff for having put this together over the last three years. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you, Mr. Stiles. Thanks, Kip. Steve Jones. Good afternoon. I'm Steve Jones. Physical address, business address is Naval Station, Norfolk, 1530 Gilbert Street. We want to thank you and the, uh, the city for allowing us to participate on part of the advisory committee. Navy staff has had the opportunity over the last two to three years to provide input in regards to that. Part and key aspect for that is the incorporation of the ACUS into the zoning ordinance, which goes back to the uh, 20, oh, the J. Luce plan as well as the 2030 plan and the 21st, um, the Norfolk plan 2030. But those are key elements there that will help safeguard and provide safety aspects and uh, visibility and transparency for all the residents out there as well as the safety. Uh, 
we did also uh, provide some additional comments by uh, other venues, and so we'll provide those and follow up in that regards. But we look for the relationship to continue the relationship we have with the city in the communication and working with the zoning and the development and encouraging development within the city. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Mr. I assume Mr. Ryan Chapman. My name is Ryan Chapman. I live at 1004 Wanoka Avenue, and I came to speak against the new ordinance because it's going to reduce the amount. I live in an R9. It's going to change between an SF10, which is going to allow buildings to be three feet away from the house, like a shed, to be three feet, whereas the R9 regulation required it to be 10 feet away. So, or not 10 feet, uh, five feet away from the building. So, I'd like it to be changed. Yes. R9 was three feet. Three feet? Yeah. Well, I talk to the zone people. Like, I like to keep it like what it is. Like, I don't other like nothing to change with this new ordinance for my house. Also, I don't want like this new ordinance to raise my taxes, and I'm sure the other people in Norfolk also. We don't want more taxes from this new ordinance. Like, it's like a sneaky way to sneak in new taxes on us. That's why I'm against it. You can be assured we're not in the taxing business. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Nick Jacovides. Good evening. Uh, my name is Nick Jacovides. I'm here as vice chairman of the Tidewater Builders Association's Norfolk Municipal Affairs Committee. Forgive me for reading this, but I want to stay on task here. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be here this evening. Thank you also to the City of Norfolk's Planning Department staff who have worked extremely hard to prepare the City of Norfolk's draft zoning ordinance that we are here this evening to discuss. The staff within the Norfolk Planning Department have made themselves available to the TBA and TBA's executive staff, and TBA is sincerely appreciative of the time and effort required to do so. TBA's mission is to improve the climate for quality, affordable housing for all income levels in Southampton Roads, and to promote the growth, development, and prosperity of the shelter industry. TBA represents more than 500 companies who serve the shelter industry in Southampton Roads and the Eastern Shore of Virginia. Our members employ more than 20,000 of your friends and neighbors with businesses that provide products and services that go into the design, construction, and renovation of homes. TBA members are engaged in numerous community service programs, including the TBA Scholarship Foundation, which has awarded scholarships to local students in excess of $1.3 million since its founding, and the Building Trades Academy. TBA is fully supportive of working on a new and improved zoning ordinance within the city of Norfolk. To evidence that, the TBA members that comprise the Norfolk Municipal Affairs Committee have spent approximately 34 hours over the last several months meeting with City of Norfolk's Planning Department staff and other relevant city staff to address the 804 new pages of Norfolk's proposed zoning ordinance. Additionally, members of the TBA have also been meeting regularly and independently from Norfolk City staff and estimate the total TBA member and executive staff time devoted to the review of this ordinance at another 80 additional hours. And due to the complexity and length of the ordinance, we have barely scratched the surface, as many of our suggested and agreed upon changes have not been made. TBA has major concerns over the proposed new zoning ordinance as presented by the city and opposes it in its current state. Again, we have met repeatedly with city staff to work on several aspects of the ordinance, but there is still an enormous amount of work to do before this new ordinance could be implemented efficiently. 
The new ordinance will add layers of bureaucracy and unnecessary paperwork, costs, and delays, and not only for builders of new homes, anyone working to improve the existing home supply, to build new apartments or commercial spaces, or to establish or grow new businesses and development in the city of Norfolk will also be affected. As an example, something as basic as a routine maintenance of repainting the stripes in an existing parking lot will require submittal and review of, of a professionally prepared engineered site plan for review by the city. The new ordinance also calls for a new so-called resilient quotient. All construction and development in Norfolk is already subject to an extensive list of regulations, including the International Residential Code and the Virginia Uniform Statewide Building Code. These codes are updated every three years. They provide strict and ever-increasing standards for safety, weather resistance, and energy efficiency. Norfolk is also subject to all existing state and federal stormwater controls and the restrictions of the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Act. Furthermore, Norfolk currently requires that all construction exceed FEMA's flood height requirement by extraordinary three feet. This collection of regulations already provides for very strict and very costly levels of protection for the health and safety of Norfolk's residents and businesses. The proposed new resilient quotient goes far beyond these already burdensome requirements. It will, at a minimum, add thousands of dollars in cost to every new home built in Norfolk, above and beyond the cost of homes built in our neighboring cities. Furthermore, anyone building more than two adjacent homes or engaging in nearly any other type of substantial development, improvement, or redevelopment can be required to accumulate points from a resilient point system. Many of the suggested resiliency points items would be impossible to implement for most projects, while most others would be unbelievably difficult and expensive. Accumulating these required points could result in tens of thousands of dollars in additional costs on a single project. It seems that little to no effort has been made to weigh the costs involved. Adding the overwhelming burden of these regulations will extinguish Norfolk's nascent signs of growth and development and improvement. The examples mentioned above represent only a very small part of the 804 pages of the new ordinance for adoption. There is far more yet to be discussed. This ordinance states as its intent to encourage economic development activities that provide desirable employment and enlarge the tax base, and to promote the creation and preservation of affordable housing. But it will certainly have exactly the opposite effect. Adding this enormous burden can only dampen enthusiasm and investment. Anyone can see the recent signs of positive change and growth in Norfolk. They should not be extinguished by adoption of 804 pages of new zoning code that has not been thoroughly reviewed and vetted. The TBA has no choice but to oppose the City of Norfolk's draft zoning ordinance as presented in its current state. TBA respectfully requests that the Norfolk Planning Commission defer this matter until such time as the citizens of Norfolk, city staff, and the building, development, and business communities have had ample opportunities to have meaningful and productive conversations regarding the entire current draft. It is imperative that all relevant parties work together to ensure the future prosperity of the City of Norfolk as it relates to zoning within the city. The TBA stands ready to provide whatever time and effort is needed to make the new zoning ordinance an effective document that will serve the city of Norfolk for decades to come. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jacobides. Mona Smith. Hello. My name is Mona Smith. Um, my address 408 Dundaff Street, which is on a sheet. Um, I came to talk about um, R15 going to MFHR for 408 Dundaff Street. Um, I have lived there, worked there. I'm a partner in the building. 
and um, I've watched growth along Collie Avenue, and I um, am thankful to the zoning people who have been very patient and answering my questions. I um, and appreciate the outreach too. I got a letter from them about two weeks ago, and I called them because I was concerned that the MFHR, um, those designated five properties, were going to have new setbacks of 10 feet if they ever rebuilt. Um, three of the five properties that are MFHR are in severe flood zones, and 10 feet of a setback seemed extreme and I called them right away and they said oh no it's zero to 15 feet I was like that is not very comforting <laughs> so um, I'm here to discuss the flooding issues on Pembroke Avenue Dundaff Street and Mayflower I know personally have severe flooding problems um, the last hurricane that came up to the top step did not breach the building but um, that is further than 10 feet from the street so I just want to make you aware of the flooding issues along Collie have gotten worse. Um, I watched when they built the EVMS building, the newest one, I think it's Lewis Hall, was redone. Um, flooding got worse on Collie Avenue. I think it's stormwater problems. And I'm very concerned about forcing buildings to go closer to Collie Avenue um, because the flooding and the stormwater Hague Park becomes an island. When the Hague rises and the stormwater rises in the back parking lot, our building has been an island three times in the 15 years I've lived there. A complete island. I had to put on boots up to here to go move cars, you know, or anyway, just to get outside. So um, I don't think that the setback is realistic and I think it needs to be reviewed further for um, M the MFHR properties. And um, and the flooding issue, I know that that's not your department, but I hope that um, we can work on those things and work with the setbacks to make it less of a problem because I, I don't know if the engineers are taking their time and looking at the setbacks and how it's affecting flooding in the city. Thank okay. you, Ms. Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry Miller. Jerry Miller, 1507 East Bayview Boulevard, Norfolk, Virginia. Mr. Chairman, distinguished members of the city planning department, planning commission, Mr. Assistant City Attorney Lenny, good evening. Good evening. Most of you know me as a builder developer, but I started selling real estate when I was 18 years old. And uh, I've sold a lot of real estate. This is my 41st year selling real estate. I estimate I've probably been involved with over 1,000 transactions over my career. So I've got a lot of experience. And tonight, I do not like to read scripts, but I'm going to read this script. So I try to make the points that I think are important for y'all to take into consideration. I own Miller Realty, located on Bayview Boulevard. I've been there for about 30 years. I was born and raised on Bayview Boulevard. I love the city of Norfolk, and I'm lucky to say that I get to work in my old neighborhood. 
Affordability is the most important aspect for the majority of first-time home buyers. They will seek out the market that provides the most bang for their buck. Other cities in Tidewater do not have as restrictive a zoning ordinance as the one you have before you today. These neighboring cities could be big beneficiaries as their first-time home buyers as the first-time home buyers look around for affordable options. The demographic group identified as millennials are essential to Norfolk's future. We need to be knocking down barriers to making, to making these millennials want to reside in Norfolk and not enacting laws that will dramatically increase housing cost. Over 20 years I addressed this body, over 20 years ago I addressed this body and urged caution on the Gemlock program. Later, I appeared here again and urged caution about the scope of the non-standard lot ordinance. In both cases, caution was an understatement as I believe these two ordinances have cost the city of Norfolk taxpayers millions of dollars in one way or another over the years. Today I'm here again, but this time I'm not urging caution. I'm waving a red flag. I believe that there are so many detrimental requirements in this 804-page document that it has the potential to adversely affect hundreds, maybe even thousands of parcels of property in the great city of Norfolk and make, uh, make and building, developing, and renovating much more expensive and thereby making affordable housing harder to obtain. Instead of having an upgrading effect, this proposed new land, new law, could have just the opposite and result in actually devaluing some Norfolk real estate. I offer the following example. Buried in the 804 pages of provision that addresses remodeling or renovation, let's say that you have a mature homeowner who's raised their family, paid off their mortgage, and they want to age in place. You hear that a lot nowadays. They're having a hard time with the upkeep of their older home and the expenses that go along with that older home. One of their adult children is having a hard time getting qualified for a mortgage and the homeowner comes up with the idea of moving their son or daughter and their family into the main home and building an addition off the back of the house for them to live out, for, for mom to live out at day's end. If the addition exceeds 50% of the floor area of the house, or if the cost of the improvements exceed 50% of the assessed value of the house, then the whole house as well as the addition now comes under this 804 page ordinance. This could make the addition cost prohibitive. <clears throat> there are hundreds if not thousands of smaller houses in the city of Norfolk, some with as little as seven or 800 square foot. A 20 by 20 addition would trigger enforcement of the ordinance on a lot of these smaller houses, and most people want a larger addition if they're going to do one in the first place. Additionally, let's say we focus on one of the older houses that was built with a slab on grade foundation. And that, when I say slab on grade, that means a foundation is very low to the ground. It was, it was done quite a bit in the 60s and 70s. If the proposed addition triggered enforcement of this ordinance, 
then it would be impossible to comply with the ordinance because you cannot raise that kind of house with that kind of foundation cost effectively. The new ordinance requires higher finished floor elevations. Also imagine what would happen if you can't renovate, renovate or remodel cost effectively. It has been my experience that those properties have a higher probability of becoming rental properties. That could be detrimental for the neighborhood if too many rentals start to dominate any one area. This is just an example of some of the potential problems. There are many more time bombs buried in this 804-page document. I ask that you defer action on the ordinance until more discussion can be made to make sure we are moving Norfolk forward and not stifling future investments in this great city. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Miller. Jack Blake. <clears throat> Good evening. I'm Jack Blake, 9317 Grove Avenue. I'm here tonight to say that you don't have enough information, in my opinion, to make a decision on this. Jeremy's comments earlier tonight were deep concern. We have a ways to go. We don't need to be implementing a plan like this that's going to last probably 25 years without having it right the first time. I'm in real estate like I know a couple of you are. It's important that we do not derail this train. Norfolk has enough challenges as it is with people buying in this community. I'm an advocate in Norfolk. I do over 95% of my business here. I don't do new construction, but when I got a call from a representative from TVA saying, hey, we need to take a look at this. It's not just a new construction issue. What he just mentioned about older homes, I deal with a lot of seniors. To them, it's no big deal to have a one bathroom house. If they're gonna sell it to a rehabber, that rehabber now has to drop the price of what they're acquiring the property for in order to make the numbers work. I wanna make sure that this planning commission has good numbers. I've heard from people that were at the presentations from the city say, this is only gonna affect 5% of the people that own property in Norfolk. I'm not sure where that came from, but that's a hard number for me to accept. They said it's only a $750 cost to build based on the new zoning. Those numbers aren't even close to what they just quoted as thousands of dollars. I don't know if it's been looked at from an economic standpoint, but every line item in there is gonna have some sort of number tied to it. What is it gonna to take to adhere to that? If we can't keep affordable housing, Norfolk will not just come behind Virginia Beach and Chesapeake now when families are looking for homes. We're gonna lose our place in the market. I don't think we can afford to do that at this juncture. I think we need to have a plan going forward. We need to have a plan like this, but we need to make sure that we understand what the impact of this plan is gonna be. My dad always taught me, you wanna look at what are you trying to accomplish, but you also need to pair it up with what are you trying to avoid. We don't wanna derail this train. Norfolk has got enough challenges right now in its housing market. We don't need to add to it. Even though this is something we need to pursue, I think we need to delay it until we have good numbers. Is it $20,000 extra to build a house or 750? Thank you for your time.
Thank you, Mr. Blake. <clears throat> Chair would also like to acknowledge the following folks who uh, have signed up uh, in favor or, or against this particular zoning ordinance but did not wish to speak. Uh, you can stand if you like or raise your hand as I call your name. Patrick McKissell, Frank Root, Letitia Alonzo, Reverend Dr. James Edwards, Jr., Kathleen Burr, Linda Holloway, Wanda Drees, Lorraine Flood, Willie Pierce, Lillian Pierce, Qtrail Brockington, Greg Spratt Sr. Okay, have they all been four? All four, yes. Uh, and here we are against. I can't make that out. I'll let you decipher that, Dr. Newman. Um, Scott Volina. Seth Johnson. Jeffrey Wallace. Gracie Branch. Gloria Bostic. Ara A. O'Laughlin. Kathleen Simmons, excuse me, Catherine Simmons. A. Jensen. Theodora Johnson. Patricia Winfield. Michael Johnson. Janice Martin. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Martin. Uh, Gabrielle Papasotti. <coughs> Marion Teasley. James Kento. Amy <coughs> Webb Sr. Sharita Webb. Keith Kalana, Dwayne Wallace. You decipher that one, Dr. Newman. Uh, Juanita McIntyre. Did I get that right? <laughs> Unless there are some more compelling thoughts that need to be brought to our attention, uh, let me take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you for coming out this evening. It's vitally important that your input come to us as thoroughly and as completely as possible. While we have done all we could to outreach to you, um, there's always information that we weren't able to get. And this was another opportunity for us to see if we can glean some more details and information about how to make this zoning ordinance work for this city as thoroughly and as efficiently as possible. So we appreciate all of you for your input. We will take all of this input and consider the course. While we will not be voting tonight, we will close the public hearing today and plan to vote on the item at our November 9th meeting. Our staff will have a great deal of work to do to decipher, not just the information we've gotten this evening, but back, bounce that off information we received thus far. And I don't doubt we'll be getting more and more. So 
With that, I would like each of you to recognize that we appreciate your time and attention here this evening. It says volumes about how you feel about the city to see so many of you here this evening. We thank you so very much. And with that, we will close our meeting.